Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 180th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. This is another hand from the $10,000 buy-in six-handed World Series of Poker event, which is always a very tough tournament. Here we're playing 500,000 with 75,000 effective stacks. I opened from the cutoff to 2,500, and a reg American kid, which means you know a regular good kid who I'm sure I know, he makes it 6,200 on the button out of his 75,000 stacks. So right off the bat, you want to ask yourself, can I realistically get it all in in the spot and be happy? And if you play around with a lot of the poker equity calculators, you'll see that from out of position, I say the equity calculators, the game theory optimal calculators, uh, the game theory optimal solvers will tell you to play these hands very aggressively from out of position. Because if I call and imagine the flop comes queen, jack three, right? I'm often just going to end up folding my hand and my hand very easily could be best. Whereas if you get it all in, even if you have like 48% equity, it's not the end of the world because there's already some dead money in the pot. And if you ever pick that up, which you will sometimes, if your opponent's good because he's bluffing sometimes, that's great and worth the risk. Just because from out of position, you're going to have a hard time realizing your hand's full amount of equity. So can I get it in here? It depends a lot on my opponent. If my opponent's three betting a decent amount, I probably should just go ahead and bloat the pot, make it. 20,000 and don't fold, <laughs> as um, aggressive as that may sound. Typically, though, I take the lower variance route, which definitely does leave a little bit of equity on the table in exchange for making it nearly impossible or less less likely that I go broke on any individual hand. You know, it doesn't mean it's impossible that you go broke, but it does minimize the chance you go broke. So I do decide to call. Flop comes jack, jack, eight, two clubs. I have no club. I check and my opponent checks behind. So this is a pretty cool spot where if you think about a cutoff raising range that we'll also call a three bet, a lot of the, those hands actually have a jack in them. Um, usually if you are the preflop three better, you have to be very cautious on boards containing two jacks, tens, nines, uh, any of those, because a lot of my range is going to be hands like queen jack suited, jack 10 suited, 10 nine suited, nine eight suited, stuff like that. And Clearly, if I have trips, I'm never folding, and if my opponent has aces, he is going to get taken for a ride. So how does he manage to not lose all of his money when he has aces and I have jack-10? Well, he checks behind, right? So this is a great spot to check behind. Alternatively, he could also bet small. I don't think it'd be the worst to bet small. The problem is, is that if you're against an aggressive player, which, you know, I'm not absurdly aggressive. If I'm sitting here with seven-six of diamonds, I'm probably just check-folding. But... um. If you're against a very aggressive player and you bet with a hand like aces here or even tens here and you get check raised, you really can't fold because then you're just you're going to be folding too often. So betting will get you in trouble and off well occasionally lose your stack whereas checking will keep me in with all my bluffs, but it will let me outdraw the opponent sometimes. So it's a balancing act. Do you want to get outdrawn more often or do you want to get your whole stack and drawing nearly dead more often? And I think a lot of tournament players realize that whenever you're playing with your you know, 70 big blind stack, and that's all the money you have effectively in the world because you can't rebuy in a tournament. You typically want to take the route that minimizes variance. So I like a check by him with a lot of his range. All right, turns a queen of clubs. I'm not loving this at all. I check. Now he bets 4,400 into the 14,800 pot. Ugh, not a good spot for me, right? So now we have improved to a gut shot straight draw. So we have... Well, there's four outs to our gut shot straight draw. However, three of them, or one of them is a club, so we actually have three outs to a straight. There are three clubs on the board, by the way. 
Um, a 10 gives us a, the nuts, which is good. We, we are really rooting for a 10. Actually, it doesn't give us the real nuts. Actually, nowhere near because we lose the ace, king of clubs if a 10 of clubs comes because our opponent will have a straight flush. We lose to the full houses that beat me already. So it's far from the nuts, but it's still a pretty good hand, right? And sometimes, I know this may seem inconceivable to some of you who seem to always be beat when you have these medium pairs. Um, sometimes we have the best hand. Sometimes our opponent's just betting with ace-king or ace-ten because he realizes now that if he can make me fold any amount of equity, that's great. Maybe he has a hand like pocket sixes with a, with a no club and decides to bet for value slash protection. Because realize here, he's betting, four, he's betting one-third pot, right? When you bet one-third pot, if your opponent essentially folds anything, <laughs> that's usually going to be a pretty good result for you. No matter, no matter what you have, unless you just have the nuts. And if you have the nuts, clearly you want to bet and get money in the pot. So this is a spot where I think my hand is barely good enough to stick around. If I had an eight, I would also call. But if I had pocket sevens, I think I'm probably supposed to fold. So I think we need to peel here. I do, I do call. I think that's just good, but uh, dicey poker. River's a two of hearts, which is great for me. Because now if my opponent had a hand like ace, king of clubs, I win. And similar to, I believe it was an episode two weeks ago against Sam Stein, when I check, if he checks behind, I actually expect to lose a pretty good amount of the time. And if he bets, I should be much more inclined to call, I think. Because here, notice that all the draws missed. And my opponent may not feel inclined to bet again with a queen. Um, Notice my opponent probably doesn't have jack 10. I'm sorry, with 10-9, because I have two 10s in my hand. So that's a very obvious value hand that's that he would certainly bet again. Notice he doesn't have jack 10 because I have two 10s in my hand. That's another very obvious value hand he'd like to bet. He probably doesn't have queen 10s, another handy that he'd probably bet. So uh, I'm really only losing now on the river if he bets with ace queen or king queen. And I think he would bet those, but maybe not even all the time, especially if he gets the vibe that I'm abnormally strong, which clearly I'm not, but people make reads that are wrong all the time. So... If he bets the river, you always want to ask, are there realistic bluffs that my opponent could have? Well, yeah, the ace of clubs is a pretty obvious bluff. Um, King of clubs is a pretty obvious bluff. The problem, though, again, is that (laughs) I actually block ace 10, which is a pretty obvious bluffing hand, and I block king 10, which is a pretty obvious bluffing hand. So it would be a tough spot if he bet the river, but me being a calling station, I, I may look up a lot of bets in this spot just because when all of the draws miss, Quite often, any made hand is good, and that's kind of the spot we're looking at here. The, the one wrinkle in this hand is that he three-bet preflop and then checked back the flop, which kind of implies he has some showdown value or some equity, and I don't know if that includes a lot of flush draws. If it includes some flush draws, then I should be more inclined to fold. If it does not include the flush draws, then I think we just have to hero call him in because we're really only losing to the queens, right? Although, I guess we do lose to aces and kings. I, I should mention that. We do lose to aces and kings, and those are hands that would check back the flop. So, um, if our opponent's good, it's what it amounts to. If our opponent's good, I should probably be a little bit more inclined to fold. If he's not so good and he's bluffing too much, I should be more inclined to call. So, um, this time it goes check, check, though. So, I probably win, I don't know, 30% of the time or 35% of the time, I would guess. Maybe more, depending on my opponent's strategy. But I do win. So, sometimes things just go your way. I mean, these last few hands here at weekly poker hand um in this ten thousand dollar tournament i've i'm I'm not like loving my plays in the previous hand for sure and in the hand before that we were certainly a little bit sticky here we're a little bit sticky and it's it's working out and you're gonna find that against very good players 
you got to be a little bit sticky. Otherwise, they're just going to force you off a lot of hands that would have won. So that's going to be it for this episode. If you have not already, definitely check out pokercoaching.com. There we have a ton of educational content. We either have already or will be um, adding a few more coaches in the near future, depending on exactly when this episode comes out. So definitely check that out. I'm really excited about that because I realize I don't know everything and I want to put as many great players in front of you to teach you to be great poker players yourself. So check that out at pokercoaching.com. You can get a completely free one-week trial. So go there, play the quizzes, participate in the homework webinars, and work on your game. Thank you very much. Be sure to come back next week for another fun poker hand.